This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is... Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another episode of the Arsenal Transfer Show. Joining you live from the TGT Stadium to keep you fully up to date with everything that's going on in the world of Arsenal. Talking transfer news and match day views. Thank you so much for making this part of your morning routine as always. And thank you for joining us in the chat box live if you indeed have done. Good morning. I hope you're doing good. I hope you're doing well. Tandi, uh, Tamid, uh, good morning to you, uh, to Lee, to Olu, to Paul, to Anthony. Good morning, guys. Uh, Martin and Stevie and Paul and Matt G and Kaiser. Good morning. Hope you're good. Uh, Kieran, Arsenal analyze Daniel, Jonty, Amir and Mo. Hope you are well. And everybody else, of course, joining us in the chat box too. Uh, thank you so much. As always, do drop a like on the video if you haven't done so already. There's already a fair few hundred of you that do jump in at the start. It takes just one second. You click one button, jobs are good. And please, please do help the channel out by dropping a like on the video and subscribing to the channel. I didn't mention this in yesterday's show because, to be honest, I can completely forgot but we did hit 37,000 subscribers over the weekend uh, which is amazing so thank you for that and thank you for continuing to be part of this amazing community that continues to grow and build towards hopefully an Arsenal revival on their way back to the top we keep our fingers crossed that's what we are in for but without further ado let's go on to today's stories we start by talking about the Emirates renovations, which are finally on the exterior of the stadium, appear to have started. A little bit of a strange timing, considering the fact that Arsenal play this Saturday. Uh, you know, because if you consider the fact that, um, if you consider the fact that there's like a break well ahead of the season starting, and another break when the World Cup is on later in the uh, the year, we now find ourselves doing the renovations when the season has begun. But, you know, who am I to make a judgment about when or where these renovations should take place? The expectation was that they would be taking place in December. Clearly, they've been brought forward 
And now we are seeing some work done to the stadium's exterior, possibly in place for that Leicester City game. We'll have to wait and see. Good news. Brooke Norton Cuffey has signed a brand new contract with Arsenal. He signed his first professional contract only last year. And so this is a big step forward for him once again. That loan to Lincoln City really did impress Arsenal. There's suggestions he could go on loan again this season, of course, with the likes of Raw Waters being very much appreciated and taken on the tour, although his injury could mean that Norton Cuffey is kept instead. But some great news for the club and fingers crossed a player that is going to have a big, big future at Arsenal. Now, Alex Runison is set to join Al Anyaspor in Turkey on a dry loan. How much of his wage that's going to be paid by the Turkish side, we are unaware of that at the moment. But there is an expectation that he will move there on loan for this season. No option, no obligation, nothing like that. He will move there for the season. I kind of expect this is what's going to be happening whilst he's an Arsenal player. Uh, Just loans until his contract runs out because unless he has an amazing season and convinces a club to sign him, I just can't see anyone paying those £40,000 plus per week wages. I just don't see it happening. Meanwhile, Lucas Torreira has officially joined Galatasaray. They completed the move officially. And as you can see from the photo, he was announced and unveiled to the Galatasaray fans. Arsenal left a goodbye message on their website. And, uh, you know, despite the fact that he wasn't, of course, signed by this group or signed by these players, uh, it was nice to see a proper kind of goodbye given to him on the Arsenal website. We've seen some less kind of complimentary goodbyes. Uh, And Torreira, of course, has kicked up a little bit of fuss during his time trying to get his way out of the club. But yes, uh, Lucas Torreira will indeed no longer be an Arsenal player and you'll instead have to watch him play in Turkey with Galatasaray. Uh, Now, Hector Bellerin's agent has supposedly flown into London in order to try and negotiate the final details of a contract termination with Arsenal. There had been a hope that Arsenal could, fingers crossed, get some money for this player, but that does not look to be happening. Should we be critical of Edu? Should we be critical of the club for not being able to get any kind of fee or any kind of transfer amount for Hector Bellerin? The argument is split. There is an argument to say, yes, absolutely. You know, he's a 27-year-old player going into his prime, going to a La Liga club with a year left on his deal. Absolutely, we should have got some money. And then on the other side, you've got a player that only wanted to go to one club, only wanted to move to to Real Betis, turned down all other offers, was not interested in staying with Arsenal this season, and to be fair, wasn't in the club's plans for this season either. (sighs) What can you do? (laughs) What what, what can you do? Is he going to stay for the year and then you pay his wages for a player that you're not going to use and that's going to cost you upwards of five million quid for the season? Or do you allow him to go um, to to Real Betis and save that money? Well, I, I, I honestly think that ultimately we probably in the end um, have saved that £5 million and we have done the right thing in getting the best deal for all parties. But it is still going to be a frustration seeing Bellerin move for nothing after all those years of being linked to Barcelona for quite a big fee and PSG as well. Uh, But yes, he will now leave the club, it seems, and his contract will be terminated. Uh, Now, our headline story of the day is Jeremy Pino. Now, we discussed this yesterday. Uh, We did a show, a tactical breakdown show on Jeremy Pino. Um, If you look at the screen, you'll see now our 
our tactical breakdown on the player. We did plenty um, of discussions and talks and statistical breakdowns and looks at the players. So if you want to know more about him and who he is, then make sure you go and check it out. If you're watching on playback, then you'll see a little pop-up in the top-hand corner of your screen that will tell you where you can go and find that uh, in our new look tactical breakdown series. But the information is so far quite... Um, it's quite fast, fast spread. And what I mean by that is that some reports suggest there's purely interest. Some, some reports are suggesting from Spain that Arsenal have even made a bid. Some reports are suggesting the VRAR want around 60 million euros. Some reports suggest they only want 45 million euros. So at this point in time, it is very, very difficult to know the reality of this situation. From my understanding, there, you know, there is clearly interest, but regarding a bid, regarding anything pushing further forward than that, I have had no indication that that is the case at all. Uh, how much VRL would be willing to accept for a player that's got an 80 million euro release clause is, is so far, we don't know, ultimately. Uh, is he a player that fits the profile of what Arsenal are looking for? Yes, he is. You know, he's a wide player that's versatile. He's played in other positions on the field as well. As you looked at the, t- the tactical breakdown yesterday, he's a player with technical ability. He's not slow. You know, if you watched, he's, he scored a goal in preseason against Southampton worth checking out if you haven't done so, that really highlighted the speed that he does have. Um, certainly worth having a look into. And when you consider the fact that his height is being brought up quite a lot, I don't necessarily buy into that at all, especially when you see a lot of people saying they like Daniel Pedence. You know, he's a very, very small technical player and that's done quite well in the Premier League. I don't think height is is necessarily a problem. I think there's been plenty of small technical players that have done brilliantly in the Premier League. So if that's your reason for not particularly being too sold on him, it's because he's not too tall for a wide player, I wouldn't allow that to get in the way. So I know there's this whole kind of size thing going on with Lissandro Martinez at the moment, but a winger is a very, very different position <laughs> to a centre-back, uh, especially when it comes to size. There, I'd have a lot more you know, leeway in, in kind of having discussions around the player's height. But for a winger, I don't necessarily think that's too much of a problem. If he is available for around £38 million, which is one of the most widespread reports that €45 million Euros would be enough to bring him in, I think that's a fair price um, for what a player he is. 20 years of age in October, um, has shown himself on La Liga stage, has shown himself now for the Spanish national team. You know, there's a goal that he scored against uh, Iceland that's worth checking out, despite being quite short. He scores headers. You know, he scored a couple of headers in his time as well, both at international and for Villarreal as well. And his tenacity, his fight, his kind of terrier style, as it's described sometimes, earns him plenty of plaudits. He got an assist against Albania for Ferran Torres, won the ball back high up the field, played a great pass through to the Spanish forward uh, who took away the chance brilliantly. I definitely encourage you to go and check that highlights out of the Spain-Albania game to get a better idea of what he can offer in the final third. He's a really interesting player. But what I would say is that if he is to be the guy Do not count on Arsenal investing in a wide player in the near future. They will invest in in someone like Pino and stick with this player for a number of years. Is that the right choice? If it happens, I guess we'll have to wait and see. I can see a lot of you are shouting about Tonali in the chat box. I'm sorry, um, but no. (laughs) I don't see that happening. And to be honest, from where it was coming from, I didn't even give it enough credence to include it in today's show. So no, Tonali... 
just just don't see that um but yes that completes all of today's worthy stories for discussion thank you so much for tuning into the first half of today's show if you would like to continue on and ask some questions now is the time to do that start throwing them into the chat box and we will tackle them in part two Okay, let's uh, let's see what questions and stuff we've got for you guys this morning. Uh, Akshat on Pino says, exciting player, but I feel we should go for a more proven goal scorer. We have enough young prospects. See, the goal scoring thing is also something that's raised against Pino. But interestingly, he has a higher XG than Musa Diaby did last season. Uh, and if you watch the tactical breakdown, we go into a lot more detail about how his capacity to score goals may surprise plenty of people as well. Uh, Diaby massively overachieved his XG, which kind of gives an indication that that might not settle in the same way during the following season. He would have to overperform his opportunities once again, which is not particularly likely. Whereas Jeremy Pino had a higher XG and near matched that for last season, uh, which is really solid as well. Uh, Tom says, hey, Tom, do you know anyone who follows the Arsenal Ladies transfer business? Um, it's a good question, actually. Uh, I mean, if I had... Double the amount of time. I could certainly include that in these shows. Unfortunately, I don't. Um, I believe Rich from over and over and over again does uh, as well. Uh, do a lot of the women's stuff and uh, more of the women's stuff is being covered across plenty of outlets. I'm sure, Tom, if you go searching for it, you will eventually find it. Uh, Lee Lowry says, do you think that we need more depth on the bench? Look at the last game. Arteta didn't make a sub until the 80th minute. Does he not trust the bench? I don't think it's about not trusting the bench. I just think it's a case of like, the game was very finely poised, you know, at 1-0. And making drastic changes to a team when a game is poised like that at 1-0 can destabilise things sometimes. We were holding Palace well. We were being very, very solid at the back. And we only allowed a couple of clear-cut opportunities that Ramsdale dealt with brilliantly. I think there is a, a reluctance to change things when we're in that kind of delicate game state of winning by just a goal. Had we have been two goals up, maybe we would have been, or Arteta would have been a more mean amenable to, to making that change. But because the game was at such kind of a, a precipice, I'm not sure he wanted to change things too greatly at that stage. That's my theory. Whether or not that's correct, you know, is down to opinion. But I think that's probably an explanation as to why he didn't make those substitutions. Um, Gunnar Ray Davis says, will Bellerin and Torreira have sell-on clauses? Torreira, potentially. Uh, Arsenal have tried to insert more sell-on clauses into their players' contracts throughout um, the, the last few years. Joe Willock, Mavropanos, Genduzi all have sell-on clauses inserted into their players' deals. Uh, and I imagine that if they are going to move these players on, they would try to as well. Bellerin, I doubt it. It's a, it's a contract termination. So there's no clause. There's no exit. There's there's nothing like that going on. The, the contract is expected to be terminated. So I'd be very surprised if there was any kind of sell-on clause included in a contract like that. Uh, Jashar says, Tom, I'm fine with Bellerin going for free. He's not what we need and he doesn't want to be here. He was a great servant on and off the fields. And in old times, he would have had a testimonial soon. I mean, in old times, he would have, of course, had a testimonial you would feel. He played so many games for the club. But at the same time, I'm not sure. I mean, the, the player that's next due for a testimonial, I suppose, is Mohamed Elneny. Uh, Granit Xhaka would too. But you don't really get testimonials anymore. I imagine a player like Mark Noble would, someone like that. 
you know, was at West Ham for pretty much the entirety of his career, but it just doesn't really happen anymore. It's not a modern day thing that, that takes place. Uh, Peter Guna says, any update on Tielemans? Would think if a move is on the card, surely Arsenal would be doing so before the Leicester City game this weekend. Uh, I would expect that you'll hear some news on the Tielemans situation increase this week because, you know, the narrative of the situation lends itself to that. Is there any update, though? No. Not really. You know, Arsenal still haven't made a bid for the player. I, I have theorised on the channel a number of times. I feel as though because Tillemans is very open to the move to Arsenal, that Edu is probably biding his time to try and reduce the figure. I've said that for quite a while now. And uh, that might be why Arsenal are delaying this, is they feel as though they can get him at a cheaper price and eventually Leicester will buckle in their asking price for him. But they're very confident they could get that deal done. They're confident that Tielemans would move and they're confident that Leicester might buckle in terms of their price. So that's why I think this is dragging on a bit. But I do agree with you. Allowing him to play against us is a bit of a risk. Potentially, if he plays, is there going to be added pressure on him? Is there going to be a little bit of a conflict of interest? Who knows? It is is a little bit of a strange one, though. I do agree with you. Uh, let's go to Walk, who says, how many players do we need to get rid of to sign more? Aren't we still over the 25-player bracket? Good question. Uh, let's have a quick check. How many players have we got over the bracket? So if Runison, let's, let's assume that Runison, Bellerin are gone, because Runison looks like he's going off to, to Turkey. Bellerin looks like his contract's being terminated. Pablo Marie looks like he's going off to Hellas Verona at this stage as well, so we can probably count those off the board. So you've got Ramsdale who uh, obviously forms part of that 25-man squad. You've got Turner. Uh, I'm going to have to write these down because otherwise I'm going to run out of fingers. So Ramsdale, Turner, Tierney, White, that's four. Scrolling down, Gabriel, five. Saliba, six. Holding seven. Cedric, eight. Tomiyasu, nine. Uh, then Zinchenko, 10. Uh, Thomas Partey, 11. Bakaya Saka, 12. I know that some of you are going to go around, but you don't need to register these days. We'll get back to that. Um, Odegaard, uh, 13. Smithrow, 14. Maitland-Niles, at the moment, I haven't seen it or heard anything that he's going to leave, so we're going to have to count him. 15. Fabio Vieira, 16. Lukonga, 17. Elneny, 18. Xhaka, 19. Gabriel Jesus, 20. Martinelli, 21, and Ketia, 22, Nicholas Pepe, 23, Reese Nelson, 24, and Marquinhos, 25. Now, Marquinhos doesn't count, so we can take one away from him. I don't think that Bukayo Saka needs to be registered either, because I believe he was still, what, 19 at the start of the year? That might be wrong. Uh... That is wrong. So he was 20 when he turned this year. I don't know if it's 20 or 21. I'm sure there's a rule about it being 20 or 20. I think it's 21 that you have to then be registered. I don't know that for sure. Let's, for safety, just say that he doesn't count in this. But other players that certainly wouldn't count are... I think that's about it, actually, when you think about it. There's no one else really playing under the age of 20 bar Marquinhos. I know Martinelli is now 20. When did Martinelli turn 20 when's martinelli's birthday he turned he's 21 <laughs> so he doesn't certainly count but he turned 21 in june so again same thing as as uh as saka it is 21 okay a lot of you in the chat box are saying 21 so saka and martinelli wouldn't count william saliba 
turns 21 this year, I'm pretty sure. Having a quick check, he turned 21 in March. So he also wouldn't count. So at the moment, if Marie, Runnison, Bellerin uh, move on, which we expect them to, supposedly we would be four under the registration number of 25 players. So that's not looking too bad, you know, actually. So we don't have to move players on. I, have, I don't think I missed out on Ketty, did I? Even if I did, it's three, at least three or four players. So no, I don't think the squad is is any kind of issue anymore. I don't think that's a problem from the sounds of things. I think we've managed to really shave so much of the squad off and and now we're in a situation where we've got that. The homegrown quota is different. Of course, you can have 17 non-homegrown players and you can have eight well, you don't have to have eight, but it's basically just 17 non-homegrown players at this point. And Gabriel Martinelli and Saliba will now count as homegrown when they hit next, you know, when they go into 2023. They will be uh, homegrown players. I know they already count as homegrown, but it only matters when you go into a year as 21 years of age. So 2023, both Martinelli and Saliba would count towards the homegrown quota, which is going to make Saliba even more expensive if players want to sign him even more valuable. Ramsdale, of course, is homegrown. Holding, White, Maitland-Niles and Ketia, you know, all homegrown as well. So we've got a lot of players um, and I think that we're going to have space for a couple more arrivals if we want to do them. That is not going to be an issue at all. So we don't need to be uh, after Runison, Marie and Bellerin go. We're going to be absolutely fine. B-Dub says, should Smith-Rowe give up the number 10 shirt? Absolutely not. <laughs> uh, Priyank says, Tom, Saka and Saliba's contract extensions are more important than any signings. We can be in the Ozil-Sanchez situation again if that ever happens for me. The process is over. Uh, I think I agree with you in terms of them being the priorities. I would rather, if you said to me, would you rather sign those two players up to new contracts or you can have two more signings this summer, sign them up to new contracts all day long? All day long, that is the most important thing between now and the end of the summer window. Uh, Jacob says, I'm really worried about Smith-Rowe's lack of game time this year. If we sign a winger like Pedro Neto, hopefully, what position is he going to play? Uh, he's going to play. He's going to rotate. I am concerned like you that he might ha have as many minutes, but we've got five subs. He's going to make plenty of impact. We've got to rotate plenty and keep players fit and ready. It's depth. We can't moan about not having enough depth and then we bring in depth. We start moaning about players not having enough game time. It's part and parcel of what a successful team is. You know, some players won't get as many minutes as they did last season, but that's only because we haven't had to lean on them anywhere near as much as we did before. He may not get as many minutes and that's fine because it means we're keeping a good player on the bench. And the only reason why that would happen is for me because there's someone better playing ahead of them and that's fine. That's absolutely fine. Uh, Deep Kundu says, Tom, instead of getting young, unproven wingers, shouldn't we stick with Pepe this season? If you tell me that Pino is coming in to replace Pepe, which is going to be an interesting sentence to keep saying, I'm fine with that. Absolutely fine with that. And I don't like the term unproven for someone like Pino. He's a senior Spanish international now. You know, he's a very exciting young player, but he's not unproven in the international sense. Is he unproven at Premier League level? Yes. So's Diaby, so's Gakpo. So he's got the same amount of experience as them in the Premier League. So let's not talk about him being unproven because they're all unproven from a Premier League perspective. Only the likes of, Pe uh, of Pedro Neto aren't. And then there's a risk with someone like Pedro Neto because, of course, he suffered that serious injury and hasn't yet, for me, shown enough that he's recovered from that fully. 
and he's going to get that form back that he had before that serious injury. So there's a risk there as well. But look, if you can get in a player as good as Pino, if you can get in a player as good as Diaby, if you can get in a player as good as Gakpo, I'm fine to see that happen. However, if you are going to go and do the Manchester United route and sign players as bad as Rabio and Arnautovic, I'd rather just keep Pepe for another season. But if you can get hold of some quality players like Diaby, like Gakpo, like Pino, then it's fine to move on Pepe. Absolutely fine. But I wouldn't move him on just for any old player. Uh, 44 Shorts has finally caught you live for the first time in a while. Thanks, mate. Keep at it, Tom. Your work ethic is inspiring. Thanks, mate. I appreciate that. Uh, if you do enjoy the work ethic, people, please do drop a like on the video. It really does help and helps show the support. Uh, RD says, would you like Pino and Tillemans or just Tonali while we keep Pepe and Nelson? Pino and Tillemans all day long. Uh, let's go to Jelly Pig, who says, Pino is an absolute baller. Get him in. Uh, El Mari says, problem with Spanish players is they'll want to go back to Spain. Lords remains with the top Spanish clubs like Barcelona and Real Madrid. Well, Pino did turn down Barcelona and Real Madrid at the start of his career. So potentially that's not always going to be the same kind of situation with him. Uh, I also wouldn't say it counts for all Spanish players because it certainly hasn't been. You look at someone like Juan Mata, who stayed in English football throughout his career. David Silva, of course, only went back to Spain when his career was very much on the downturn. And we see a lot more, think, Spanish players move over successfully. You think about Rodri at Manchester City as well, who's done very well. Laporte as well is doing very well, where he's moved and won plenty of trophies at Man City too. I don't think Cesar Azpilicueta, of course, came from France originally too. So I don't think that it's as cut and dry as every Spanish player will want to move back eventually. If you're going to invest £38 million in Pino, you're going to obviously get a return on that investment, I think, without too much of a problem. Uh, Gavin says, given how well we are recruiting now, the next step is going to be a painful one where some of our favourites will be sold for a tidy profit and the money will be reinvested. Are the fans ready? They should be, Gavin, because this is what we've asked for. We've asked for Arsenal to get to the top and to be at the top. You're going to have to see some players that maybe you didn't necessarily want to see go because you like them go because we can get better than those players that's just part and parcel of being a big team sometimes you sign players that move out um the 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 players that were there before it's part and parcel of that process so yes people are going to have to get used to seeing that happen but that is the way of the world for the top top teams and that's where we want to go and be uh let's go to uh dave says no chance rabio and on out of it sort united out that's embarrassing uh, I've, I've written a piece that's coming out this morning kind of talking about how arsenal are eclipsing man united in the market and you know just united if they to go from frankie de jong to adrian rabio is just a joke like absolute joke um and if i was a united fan you know i would be fuming Absolutely fuming at this stage. Uh, Lynn says, Tom, do you think uh, that not bringing in an older player is going to be much competition for Saka? It depends on who the older player is and what age bracket we're talking about. We obviously were interested in Rafinha, who's about 25 years of age. That would have brought in a lot of competition for Saka. How that would have worked, how they would have played together, how they would have fit into the same team would have been intriguing. But clearly, Arsenal felt that beyond Saka, we don't really have someone else who can really give us another level, another level to compete. We don't really have that at the moment. So I don't think that's going to stop them from going out and trying to sign someone that's either 25, 28, 20, that can compete with Saka. They want someone that can compete with him. And if you think about it, you know, Foden, who was a great talent for Man City, 
doesn't play every game. They spent so much money on players around him. They've got so much talent in those wide areas. And why do they do it? Because they know the players are going to stay because they can offer Champions League football. They can add, uh, they can offer a title challenge pretty much every single season. And that's what we've got to get to a level to. Whereas a player like Saka doesn't play every single week because we've got a player as good, if not better, at some times than him, which is going to be very tough to find because he's an exceptional player. But that's fine. You know, if we're, bring, if we're bringing in players that are as good as Saka, am I going to complain about that? No, I'm not. No, I am not. Because we need to make sure that we're ruthless with our squad management and bring in players that are going to compete. We can't have favourites. We can't be favourable. We can't be soft. If you want to be at the top, you've got to be ruthless. It's as simple as that. Uh, long time, first time, says, I think Saka will play centrally more often in the right-sided player does come in. I'm not sure he's going to play over Martin Odegaard now. He's been given the captaincy, so I think he's going to find that pretty difficult. Uh, Daniel says, what about this Caicedo guy? Of course, he had a great game for Brighton and has done very well since moving to Brighton. I think, as a number of people said, he is one to keep an eye on. Uh, Alex says, do you think playing Pepe more as a centre would be more beneficial? No, because his touch is just simply not good enough. Uh, Johnny says, Tommy's Tillemans a Wenger smokescreen while we look at other players. I think they know that Tillemans is a player that they can get in fairly competently and quickly if they want to. And therefore, they can look at other players at the same time. Um, all, the, all the while panicking Leicester that, of course, they could come in at any moment and bid and try and get the player. That's that's where we find ourselves right now. If we go to sign in this week, it would be quite the... It would be quite a tactical move, uh, considering we play Leicester this week, of course. I like it. I don't care. I don't mind a little bit of the dark arts being used. I say, go and do it. You know, go and get the player. And destabilize one of your opponents for the week. I don't care about upsetting anyone like that, really. You know, it's it's part of football. Do it. Go get the player. Take a good player from them. Add him into our team. Use him. Simples. Uh, Madji says, sorry if you've already covered this, Tom, but what do you think of the Milinkovic-Savic links to United? You know, that's a deal that makes a lot more sense. If you're not going to go out and get Milinkovic-Savic, that's a sensible move after missing out on Frankie de Jong. But... Pff, I don't know how real they are. You know, it's very difficult to see these links to Milinkovic-Savic from any club being real because he's just not moved. Um, there's always talk in the Italian media that he could go, but he's not moved anywhere. So it's very difficult to see that actually happening. Uh, let's go to... Well, let's first of all block our spammers in the chat box. Uh, and let's go to... Roy, what's your FPL code? It's in the description, bro. <laughs> it's in the description. Every show, I tell you. Every video, every show. If you want to join the Fantasy League, it's in the description. Goodness. <laughs> Manu says, with Nagelsmann setting the example, would we consider selling Arteta to City in a few years? selling him. Yeah, I know. It's a weird process, isn't it? Can I see Arteta ending up at Manchester City? I'd be lying if I said no. I'd be lying if I said I couldn't see him at Man City one day. I absolutely could see it. Hopefully, you know, we continue to get better. We continue to um, rise. We continue to get uh, higher up the table and into a position where we're competing with Manchester City. And so that Arteta doesn't feel he needs to move, you know, to, to go to that next level, because hopefully he's taken us himself to that next level that he's already got there. But we are a long, long way away, I still think, from Arteta um, being ready to manage a team that's of a title challenge. He's trying to get this team to become that. 
So I don't think that we're at a stage yet where we have to worry about Man City coming in for him. Uh, let's go to uh, let's go to uh, Ian, who says, "Are you doing?" Oh. Ah, <laughs> this fantasy thing is going to become the next thing. It's just, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just going to become the next thing. Uh, Ardy says, Tom, I have a serious question, not any speculation, so don't take it that way. One of our players was constantly jeered by Crystal Palace fans. Can it have an effect on performance and in turn our performance? Um, you know, players are given psychological and mental support all the time. They are taught to deal with things like that. And, you know, it's a big thing that was talked about a lot with the All or Nothing series. Um, you know, players that have received abuse across the spectrum. Baron Ramsdale spoke a lot about it uh, when I was speaking to him the other week and talked about how everything was just turned off and tuned out. And I think players can do that. You know, players can just tune out this stuff. Um, so... I imagine that's probably what's happened in, in the same kind of case. Uh, let's go to Benjamin, who says, Tom, if Pino was the player that we are after, why have we waited till now? The closer we get to the end of the window, it is going to push the prices up or down. It's not always up. Tillemans, I expect, could go down. Pino doesn't necessarily always will go up. Some prices will remain the same. I don't think it's guaranteed that prices always increase towards the end of the window. It can move in the other direction, especially if a player starts pushing for a move. You think about the Abamyang situation, you know, that changed drastically on deadline day from a loan to a permanent move. So things do change positively for a club as well in the final stage of the window too. Uh, let's go to uh, Lee, who says, looking forward to a World Cup break. Do you think we'll be in the top four by the break? I hope we would be. Uh, there may be a little concern if we're not by that point, um, as we have a horrible run of fixtures in October. We do, but we've got to win those big games. You know, We've got to take on those big games and win them as best we can if we want to be serious about where we're going as a club. Uh, PJ says, Tom, I saw Arteta was the second best coach to get to 50 wins at Arsenal after Arsene Wenger. So why do people still doubt him? it's fashionable you know it's fashionable to bash Arteta it's not particularly popular always to to be on the, the side of Arteta always at certain periods it is what it is it is what it is um I, I can't really give you any other bigger answer than that unfortunately there are people out there that will never change their mind about Arteta pride is too important uh I think as we all encourage here changing your mind is, is a positive thing what's the point in having a mind if you're not going to change it uh, Lindy says, do you think the standards have improved with the refs after seeing something? No, <laughs> is the short answer. No. Uh, Jack says, confident for Saturday, given the troubles at Leicester. I am confident. You know, I am I am confident. And we will be doing a, a preview show on Thursday, um, I think. And I'll make sure to get information in our Discord server about that very soon. But yeah, I am confident about the game. Uh, Deep Kunu says October is extremely difficult. We will need quality and depth. We also have Europa League to worry about too. Benito says, what do you think of Paulinho uh, from Fulham? He looks like a baller. He was very good at Sporting Lisbon. And I imagine he will be able to take that physical game into the Premier League because it's most physical kind of players that transition a lot more seamlessly. So yeah, I, I look forward to seeing what he can bring. He's going to provide us a test when we play Fulham in a couple of weeks time. Hopefully, we can overcome that without too much problem, though. Uh, Seb says, did you see McTominay's challenge? Yeah, it was a straight red card. I mean, what else can I say other than it was a straight red card? And it wasn't given. And Martinez gave away a penalty. It wasn't given. Man United are getting all the protection in the world, and they still can't win. 
makes it even funnier. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, Bly says, is there a review show of the All or Nothing series? No. And the reason why there's not a review show is because, and I warned people about this, I said that Amazon are going to be very stringent with copyright. And I've already seen a couple of um, content creators uh, do you know, I do stuff and have their stuff copyright claimed. So no, there can't be in the same way that I did a breakdown for the 20 things or so missed in the trailer because it's different. You can't print screen stuff on Amazon. It just doesn't work. I know you could technically take a picture on your phone, I guess, but there's a clear reason why you can't print screen parts of the episodes. Um, so no, what we might do is at the end of the series is we have an entire show dedicated and a podcast dedicated to discussing the uh you know discussing that and and that's what we might do at the end of the series but uh, there won't be like the breakdowns because it's just not i can't create good enough content without the, the images and i don't want to risk copyright and if i can't have the images i can't produce the best show possible so i'd rather not do it i'm not going to give you a half hour show that could be better because of that so but we will talk about it and we will get some reaction to it and i'll probably do a podcast on it with uh, some good regular peeps jelly pig says do you have a discord chat sorry if you've mentioned it before i couldn't find the link if you look in the link tree in the description and you want to join up as a member that's how you get access to our discord server but it's a great community full of members that have joined that are no longer members that yeah it's just a great place a great community it's like this chat box but it's 24 7 and on lots of other topics as well so make sure you do tune it in uh dan roberts is over a thousand of you watching let's try and get out to 400 likes if you haven't already dropped a like on the video please do it really 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 does help us out uh let's go to uh marcus he says just join so we'll catch up uh referring uh, refer- uh referencing the winger should we not be in for someone more experienced marquinhos looks like a prospect so why bring in another young winger pino is on a very different level to marquinhos again i've said this before but he's a different level he's established he's a spain international you know he's a different He's a different breed of player, even though he's a very similar age. I mean, if we look, look at Bakaya Saka, you know, it's 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 night and day to someone like Marquinhos, despite them being a year apart in age. It's a quite a similar thing with Pino. You can still have that level without necessarily having the age to go alongside it. So I wouldn't let that worry you at all. Anyway, uh, thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. We are going to wrap things up there. Uh, we'll be back, of course, tomorrow morning at 8am to keep you fully updated of everything that's going on in the world of Arsenal transfers. If you want to learn more about Jeremy Pino, then make sure that you go over and watch our tactical breakdown on the player from yesterday. That's still up. The last show on the channel was indeed that. Uh, I will see you potentially later on this afternoon as well. But other than that, it's been a genuine pleasure. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. 
Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.